Welcome to By the Sword, where we discuss the modern study of historical European martial arts, or HEMA, with instructors, experts and martial artists from all over the world. In this episode, we talk to HEMA instructor Julie Olson of Athena School of Arms in Massachusetts, USA. We discuss stick fighting, swords and multitasking. The interview was recorded on Instagram Live, 11th August, 2020. That's fine. Hopefully my cats won't talk too loudly. (laughs) That's okay, we don't mind. We we welcome the addition of floofs to the live stream. It's now become a tradition. Uh, So (laughs) we've got some, some of your fans in the in the audience saying yay (laughs) (laughs) so uh while we wait for people to join uh tell me how well how is lockdown this week uh this week okay um i yeah um i live in new hampshire so our numbers aren't as high as other parts of the country uh Uh thankfully partially because new hampshire is a very small state and right. not many people over here. Um, so, uh, but overall, okay. And um, personally, I'm doing okay. My job was not really affected. And I am a bit of an introvert, so I don't mind not having to go out <laughs> as much personally. Um, but I do miss swords. Um, yeah. We just started in person classes a few weeks ago. So that's been really nice to kind of slowly get back into the groove again. So you train with Athena, isn't it? Athena School of Arms? Yep, in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Cambridge, yep. Yep. And uh, what's your uh, role in the school there? I am one of the senior instructors. Um, I'm also uh, a board member and um, kind of the communications person. And I I, I wear many hats. <laughs> yes. As is the case right club, I, I do a lot of different things and um it's fun i love it it's my baby is it, i find with these things like you you find if you find someone who's busy in humor it's because they do lots of different stuff it's never just like the one thing they do it's uh, yeah often a case of if you want something done you give it to a busy person uh, it, yeah exactly yeah and we've been steadily growing and and as more things need to happen it's easy to volunteer like oh i'm doing this anyway i'll just do this or oh i'm too busy someone else can take over so we have a really nice core group of instructors who are willing to step in and help and do things as they need to be done and it's it's been good it's been less busy lately just because there's not been much going on not much to be to be doing uh so give us your hema backstory how did it all begin i was a uh, sport fencer for many years and um this was after I called, graduated from college and I was doing, I was teaching sport fencing at a club uh, near where I live and um, went down to a sci-fi fantasy convention in Boston. And okay. <laughs> as it all, a lot of people from Athena started by going to the this, this same Aresia convention. And um, I was walking around with a friend and I had um, one of the, I didn't even know, didn't know Hema, didn't know nothing. Um, I bought a, a Cass Hanway rapier with a really pretty basket hilt that is obviously not now I know not for HEMA or anything but it's for stage yeah, it's combat pretty. which 
Yeah, it's pretty. It's very pretty. It's good. It's a good uh, uh, costume prop. So I was just wearing that, and I was walking around, and this guy who I became to know uh, was Stephen Hirsch walked up and said, "Do you know how to use that?" And I said, "Actually, I do, because <laughs> I did sport fencing." Um, mm -hmm. Didn't realize the parallels between sport fencing and classic uh, rapier. Um, so I did one of their, um, they, they, they do demos, they do uh, a cutting demo and then like a fighting demo. So I did the, I watched the fighting demonstration and they do a little introductory class. And I took that and um, when thought, was this? Oh, what, what, what period of time was this? This was uh, 2013. Okay. Um, and then I took their intro class and at the time that was an eight week class, I think. And I thought, oh, this would be fun to try just to, you know, see what it's like. And I kind of never stopped. <laughs> and that's uh, so learning uh, longsword, I take it. Yeah, that was yeah. learning longsword. Um, at the time, uh, the school just did longsword and a little bit of dagger and um, grappling. Um, and then maybe a year later or so, uh, we opened up to Highland Broadsword. And mm -hmm. um, I started studying that a little bit, um, but I really enjoyed the longsword and um, felt I needed to work more on that than diverge too much into different weapons. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of stuck with that and more lately I've been branching out to other weapon systems. So when we met in 2014, you'd been doing HEMA for about a year. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and we did, we did like a little sort of demo, didn't we? Did, we did, uh, long, you did long sword, yeah. I did rapier. Yeah, that, was <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that was... <laughs> and that's the last that was, time I that... saw you. Yes, that was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a while ago. Ah. Yeah, that was my, my, my first IGX was the year before where I had been doing HEMA for maybe six months and I competed in their uh, beginner tournament with nylon uh, long swords. That's when they had a delineation between nylon and uh, steel. And um, Right. Yeah, I think that was the last year that they had the nylon, maybe. I can't remember, but... So they, yeah, do they no longer, I don't know, I was just wondering if uh, many competitions still do that. It used to, it used to be like uh, beginners do nylon and then uh, everyone else does steel kind of thing. I wonder if that's dying out now as, as kit improves kind of thing. I think so. Actually, I went to uh, the Montreal Swordmeisters last year and they did have a nylon event. And I think that was the first time I'd seen one in a while that had it. Actually, no, I take that back. I think Sword Squatch had one also that year. I think about it. It's not as common. Yeah. Um, yeah. IGX yeah, has not yeah, had yeah. one in quite a while. People do seem to be favoring the steel a lot more. Um, <laughs> I, I know that it, it, in Italy, they're, they're quite common. I think that's more because they have such great numbers of people participating. And it's, yeah. it's just cost efficient to give everyone nylons than to uh, invest in, in steel. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, you've been doing HEMA since 2013. And when did you uh, embark upon becoming an instructor? At what point? Uh, that maybe late 2014, early 2015, it was kind of handed to me. Um, was... <laughs> you've been chosen. Uh, yeah, I was chosen. Isn't it always um, I, the way? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we, we were doing like the, we were ending an intro class because we, we, Athena does a rotation of intro classes every uh, couple months or so. And we were ending one. I wasn't teaching it or anything, but um, Stephen introduced me as an assistant instructor. I'm like, since, since when? 
since now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, since, well, okay, now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it kind of grew into it, and, and um, I love it. And uh, I think of, of the core Athena group that Stephen started the group, and then Andrew Kilgore, Nathan Weston, and myself kind of rolled into it when Stephen had to step away for a little bit and go back to school. Um, so we kind of grew together and kind of kept promoting ourselves as more roles needed to be filled. And um, finally, we have enough members, we can start getting other people to do some of those tasks for us and get more instructors in. So we're not the only ones teaching, which is good. <laughs> New blood. I'll be one minute. New I blood. realized that I forgot to go and grab my clock. So I keep an eye on oh, the time. Okay. I'll be right back. I'm on a live stream. So I'm by myself. Oh, what are you doing? Still got my mic on. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, got the clock. I knew there was something missing. Oh, please stand up, clock. Guys, my Wi-Fi is uh, being really dumb, so I've, no, gone to, I've gone to data to try and counter that yeah. stupidity. Uh, got my got my clock now. I uh, forgot I still had the headphones on. I was yelling at my kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need like Fine. information. I wasn't telling her off or anything. I was. She's like, "What are you doing? I'm doing a live stream." Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you've been uh, an instructor since about 2014. So not 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 far in like an, assi an assistant instructor, let's say, uh, not not yeah. far into the thing, but it's and you and you've and you've stayed uh, with that. You haven't kind of thought, nah, it's not for me. It's something that you actively uh, in, enjoy and do. So oh yeah. What, so what what kind of uh, um, stuff do you teach uh, in class? Uh before pandemic, um, I was largely teaching the beginner longsword class. We got to a point where we had enough people that we were able to finally split classes by skill level, um, which was awesome. So I took the beginner level and um, was doing that twice a week and occasionally leading um, some rotating weapon studies, depending on what the topic was. Um, currently, uh, we had to shuffle some people around based on comfort level and who's actually in class so I have now a mixture of the beginner and intermediate students once a week and um, primarily focused just on longsword right now as we're getting people to remember how do we sort again it's been a while <laughs> are you guys teaching indoors or outdoors at the moment we are teaching indoors but um, we have a really awesome space where it's basically an old warehouse so there's a lot of big bay doors and we have big ceiling fans going yeah. so we just have everything open yeah, it's it's really nice. Well, lately it's been very hot. So it's yeah, kind of, it's been not as pleasant. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, it's, COVID it's aside, you're going to need a lot of airflow anyway. So yeah, yeah, and, but um, um, it's been good. Were you prior to like the return to school? Uh, 
to physical classes. Did you ever embark on any online teaching at all? Did uh, I, I didn't. Um, the other instructor, Nathan, was leading that. Um, we just did it once a week. It didn't really seem necessary to have more than one, and he does a great job. So I attended those, and you know, we recorded them and shared them on our Discord channel so people could watch them after the fact. Um, I did lead um, a fitness level style class because uh, Athena is really interested in physical fitness and growing your body to do the sword stuff also. Um, so we, I transitioned to more of an online base for that and um, kind of started to stop that as we got more into the in-person classes again. So. Now, I've been encouraged to uh, ask you, and someone in the comments here has said, stick, 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 <laughs> HV3, uh, which reminds yes. me of one of my questions is, uh, uh, one of my previous guests, um, Sarah Boxhorn, Trats, uh, she, mm -hmm. she, she was talking about Grand Baton, yep. and I believe that that's something that you have been doing as well. Yep. Or was it you yep. that was initially teaching her, and then she took it up, or, or was it the other exactly. way around? I can't remember. So you... Yeah. You infected her with Grand Baton. <laughs> I did. <laughs> my, my fault. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us about I, that. I, that, that's a, a weird inside joke in our club where we just say stick, 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 sticks. I get all excited about sticks. I love Baton. It is so much fun. But um, when I initially heard it, I got a bit confused and I thought it was Fiore's Baston. I thought it was like a, a medieval stick thing, but it's a much later. Um, sort of small sword era like uh, uh yeah much much later period uh it is. kind of an animal just tell us how that all goes yeah um that that's a it's a 19th century um weapon system um i think sarah i, I watched her interview afterwards and she did a good job kind of explaining the the history of it and um so um the book that she shared, which I can run in the other room, but um, it shows like the, the first half is all about like, this is how you use the system and this is how you're supposed to use it, you know, in the Salet and, and um, good ways to train with it in friendly combat. But at the back of it also talks about how to use this weapon against different types of weapon systems, like against axe and saber and dagger and unarmed. And it's, it's, it's hilarious. And I just, instantly fell in love when I read that second section. Um, so it's a kind of a cool mismatch of, this is what we do when we're, you know, among cultured people, but also if you're out in the wild, you can also use it against <laughs> This is how you use it in the cell. This is how you use it in the streets. Yes, yes. They, they say in the beginning part, you do not ever ta target the hands, but you know, in the back, it's like, eh. Straight for the hands. Yeah, straight for the hands. Um, but no, I love baton. Um, I took, uh, actually, that was a year. So, uh, Brass Frog Assault of Arms is our um, kind of Victorian area era uh, local tournament here in New England, uh, hosted by the um, group down in Connecticut, uh, We Stir Group. And um, that year, they had a baton tournament. But the um, I forget there was a reason why they couldn't have. Normally, they have a class and then they have a tournament to let you you know practice what you've learned and competitively and stuff. Um, and the class didn't happen. I forget why. And I remember there was a snowstorm that year. So maybe that was why it didn't happen. So they just did the baton tournament. I never seen it, done it. I saw sticks twirling around like, that looks cool. <laughs> why not? And I just instantly fell in love. I got like a 20 minute lesson from um, a visiting instructor who knew a different system, but the same weapon. Um, so 
and just loved it. Uh, read the book many times. Um, the rotating weapons class that I mentioned earlier, um, I've done a couple of those with Athena and um, I've started to teach that um, class, like a shortened version of it when I travel to events because it's just, I want more people to experience <laughs> the fun of stick. Stick is so fun. Stick is fun. Or the so order of the stick. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, so earlier you said like longsword was the thing that kind of sucked you into HEMA and that's where you kind of invested most of your energy. But then you said recently you started to expand into other weapons and I guess Grand Baton is mm. one of them. What, yes. what else have you been uh, starting to explore? Uh, Redaily uh, Italian Sabre. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I approve. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love Redaily. Like I Sabres. love it too. Yeah. Um, also at a different brass frog, uh, Patrick Bratton, who is a beautiful person and um, amazingly gifted with, uh, I don't know if you've met Patrick. Um, he's in Pennsylvania. He's, he's, he's fantastic. Can't say enough good things about him. Uh, and he taught a workshop on the Redaily system. I'm like, this is like everything I love about saber and foil and rapier and, and just everything in like a oh, single hand weapon. And it's just so much fun. And I'm not really great at it, but it's just so- It's just fun. It's just fun. It's fun. It's mm. different. It's not like any other system, saber system I've had, and I can cheat with my foil system a little bit, but it's it's just fun. It's it's just, I love. I love yeah. so much. I think what I like about Rodelli is it's very light. Mm -hmm. So you, you don't have that hurdle of, oh my gosh, I, I really need to like improve my fitness in order to be able to move this thing around. It's like, oh, instantly I can do all the things that the person's yeah. just shown me and, and yeah. you can just go off and you can just play. Yeah. Uh, there's no kind of like, right, I can build up to doing that thing. I just need to get stronger. You can just do it. It's yeah. It's just instantaneous. Yeah. Um, just the motions are so pretty, like watching. It's very uh, graceful. Yeah. Watching people do it is just, just beautiful. Um, so as well as being an instructor uh, at Athena um, and wearing all the hats there, that's not enough work, apparently, and you also organize IGX. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so tell us about that, how, how, how that landed in your lap and, uh, and what that's like. Yeah. Um, I forget exactly. Again, it just kind of fell in or I volunteered and, and, and have a hard time saying no. because <laughs> it's So it's interesting and fun. But um, uh, IGX, Iron Gate Exhibition is a regional tournament in New England that's hosted by three different clubs, uh, Athena, uh, Forte Swordplay, which is, um, they're currently located in, um, um, I forget where they moved to, near, near Tewksbury, Mass. And then uh, Boston Amazari, which is a Fiori school uh, in Boston, Mass. So three clubs, kind of Boston area clubs working together to um, host this event. And Forte was leading it for a while. It started as uh, the Boston Sword Gathering. And so Forte hosted it and then it grew into IGX and uh, Jeff Sai invited me and a few other people to help manage it, promote it. And then um, I stepped in and took over, I think 2017, 2016, I was kind of heavy into, you know, getting the sponsors and, and organiz organizing the tournaments and stuff. And then uh, 2017, I was more of the director senior role with massive help from Jeff and uh, Nathan and a couple of other people. And um, I have continued to do it. And sadly, we had to say no to it this year. Yeah. Um, due to the pandemic. So I'm not sure 
the direction because this was supposed to be my last year and I was going to hand it off to Boston Amazari to so they can you know take over and put their twist on it mm. um so I don't know what it's gonna be like for next year but um yeah I can totally relate to the handing up of the the torch kind of thing um it's uh, w when I started uh, as a sort of member of the Wessex League organizational committee I remember at the beginning um one of my colleagues, Sasha, said, if you have any voluntary organisation, it will run out of steam. If people aren't being paid to to do the work, yeah, the, you know, people will burn out. It's just natural over the course of time, which is why you need that. It's the same with instructors in clubs. You do need that continuous refreshing of, of workforce, uh, people to bring like new ideas, new energy and all the rest of it. And, exactly. um the the kind of like saying goodbye to your baby thing, it, 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 watching it grow up and leave, yeah, it, it is painful. But at the same time, it's a relief as well because you're like, oh, you know, I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things. And like this year's been like everything's been just thrown up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen next year if anything will ever will even happen. But yeah, I do like. I really like. Uh, IGX was my first US side. Um, oh, really? Event. Yeah. Oh, I and didn't know that. Yeah, it was my first experience in the USA. And uh, I really, really enjoyed I've really lots of really good memories of that event. So I, I'd love to come back someday. Um, and I just like the whole, like, is it still in that Denver? Um, is it still in that uh, indoor? Yeah, the Danvers Indoor Sports. Yeah, Danvers. Sorry, not Denver. Yeah. Danvers Indoor Sports. Yeah. And uh, the and what another sort of interesting thing I like it was uh, it's always had this kind of fun experimental vibe to it. Like let's just try stuff out and see yeah. what happens. Like it's not yeah. it's not like let's go down this tried and trusted route of of what happens. It's like let's try something new. Uh, let's try yeah. this new rule set. Yeah. <laughs> That no one's ever done before and because everyone's on the same page it's a real kind of very leveling experience in terms of what's going to happen because everyone's you know going through in this adventure together so yeah I heartily recommend IGX and I, I look forward to going again one day yeah um ah right um what time is it it's coming up to half past I'm going to take this opportunity to announce my guest for Thursday, who is Caitlin Rosenberger uh, from Canada. Um, oh, yeah, Caitlin. The, the, she's, she's known as Caitlin the, the Decapitator. Yeah. Um, it's her moniker on here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Because I always see her with a dagger. So I'm, yeah. Uh, that I would would not be fun to be decapitated by a dagger um, or decapitated at all, to, to be honest. No. <laughs> but, um, looking forward to talking to her on, on Thursday. So um, it's half past now. So if anyone's got any questions for Julie, throw them down in the comments below. Let's just see what these folks at home have been saying. Some some sass chatter as we've been some talking. <laughs> Is the shade bait real? Yay, I have that poster. What's the poster behind you, Julie? I was looking at that. The, oh, Firefly. Show called Firefly. Firefly. Yeah. Ah. Highly recommend. Oh, HB3 says, but Dagger's your favorite, right? No. <laughs> no, Harold, it's not. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> oh, dear. The conditioned response did not happen. <laughs> Not a fan 
a dagger. <laughs> really? Uh, stick, stick, stick. Yay, instructor Julie. <laughs> uh, just think of all this for free time, says Robin. Uh, oh, without having IGX. Yeah, not having it. Yeah. So Robin says, what's the next weapon you'd like to learn? I don't know. I, I was sort of getting into more wrestling um, over the turn of the year. Uh, IGX was our, um, at last year, our IGX uh, kind of trial tournament was a ring in wrestling, historical wrestling tournament, um, which was the first time I'd ever heard done that. And it worked awesome and really, really well. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of following along that track, just not, not even reading anything yet, just kind of exploring how do you move your body this way? Because I have zero experience with wrestling or anything body to body contact wise. Yeah. Um, so that was brand new. So I think I probably would have just continued pursuing that route. Mm -hmm. um, so what's that? Uh, medieval ring and type wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we had um, a lot of different uh, practitioners from different disciplines. So there's a lot of Fiore people there and a lot of KDF people. So there's a lot of mismatch of what people were doing. Um, it was really fun and interesting to see. And we had. Um, enough people to have three weight classes, uh, three or five, I think five weight classes. Um, enough weight classes that we could split it up so it was safe for everyone and I competed in the, the lightest version <laughs> of, of three people, four people, four, I don't remember now, but um, it was so much fun. It was awesome just to see this idea and it worked well and no one got hurt and um, it was a massive, huge success. It was fantastic. Weight classes is something that I really appreciate. Um... Uh, it's, it's, it's an obvious one in wrestling because you're having to lift people. Um, yeah. But I, th I wonder, like people have suggested in the past about weight classes for other other, other competitions, whether they're worth looking into. Because um, I, I, it was at IGX, funnily enough, that I, I entered the dagger tournament there and I wouldn't have entered if it weren't for the fact that they had weight classes. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I stand a chance of, of actually doing something because yeah. everyone else is my, is is my well, maybe not my size. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some really rangy, long, uh, tall people. But um, yeah. at least you know you, you know you're not going to be completely steamrolled uh, physically by someone. Exactly. Um, That's the one thing so I really liked at a long point last year um they they originally seated everyone by height and weight in your first round hmm. of pools. Uh, which was that 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 saved me um, fighting against people who were my height roughly and and my weight roughly and that was that was really really nice. I'd like to see more events consider doing that because yeah, just, I think it's, it's uh, so helpful. It's, I think it's really helpful. It's a lot yeah. of work for an from an organizer's point of view, I guess. It is um, mm -hmm. time and, and resources uh, wise and being able to do that. But if you can, I think it's it's a it's it's much more satisfying as a participant to, to mm -hmm. take part in that kind of a competition. Yeah. Uh, Robin, the other Robin, my Robin, says shiny. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shield Maidens in Sweden says, what is the best school to follow when learning stick, in your opinion? Sorry if you've already mentioned it. There's been some serious lag here. So who's oh. the source that you use for Grand, Grand Baton? 
So I, I, it's Giuseppe Cherry's is the book um, that, that that's the, the, the source material. And uh, I am, I am self-taught. <laughs> um, there's a couple handful of people in my region who have self-taught and read um, different sources. Uh, there's a French version and I'm going to screw it up. So I'm not going to try to say it. Um, but uh, Max Schwinard uh, up in uh, Canada studies the, the French system. Um, so you're doing is, the Ita Italian one, aren't you? Yes, yeah, so I do the Italian one, the yeah, the, yeah. the Bastone uh, version, and then Max is the French system. Um, so I, I unfortunately there is not like a school. There's just people who um, love it. I think it she means I think she means which which. Um, oh, sorry. Traditions. Well, long years yeah. <laughs> yeah, rather than the modern physical school, but yeah. I, I do the Italian. Um, I think it's fun. And I mentioned earlier, the back of the book has a big section on how to use this against different types of weapons. And that just tickles my funny bone. It's so much fun. It sounds hilarious. Um, it's hilarious. Absolutely. Axe and rapier and yeah. whatever. Saber <laughs> says don't <laughs> against a saber. Don't try to block, you idiot. <laughs> get cut. <laughs> do different things. Okay. A heart react for Hema scorecard. Gosh, Hema scorecard. We never Such got to use it. That was going to be our this year was going to be our year to try it. Oh really? Didn't oh. didn't get there. Um, I'd like to. I've heard nothing but good things, and I've been to a lot of events. Used it. Uh, but um, yeah, we used it. it. It's just so fantastic. You can see everything in real time on every device. Everyone was on their phone. They can see all of the seeding, all of the scores, everything updating as the fights happen. You can see like the tree arranging itself. Yeah. Uh, as uh, as each fight culminates and stuff. Yeah. Uh, people at home can watch the results in real time. It's it's just such a time saver, and it's you know in previous events like we've had must have shredded several forests worth just to create just yeah. printing stuff out and just putting up things, and then you have to change everything, and it just it does everything for you. Like it, as a I'm, I haven't been paid to advertise him school car by the way. <laughs> Uh, so like as an, anyway. as an individual like if you're a if you're a, an organizer or a staff member you can log in and it tells you this is your schedule for the day mm -hmm. this is where you have to be at what time and if it changes it it just updates you if you're a participant if you're a, if you're a fencer it tells you where you are and at what time as well um it's it's just great it's, you know, yeah. on every front it's, it's really yeah. good yeah, long time um, used it last year. Some other events I've been to, and I was really excited to try it this year and next year. <laughs> yeah, I think someone was saying what we need now is we need someone to sort of integrate the software of HEMA scorecard, uh, HEMA ratings, and um, some kind. I think a couple of people are working on this. They're trying to do like an an event booking in system. So like, oh. if those three could just get together and like, that would save so many headaches like literally you yeah. sign up for an event it automatically logs you into HEMA school card and then the, the results automatically go through to HEMA ratings because like HEMA ratings again is a voluntary thing and it's just two guys I think they're putting in some results from 2019 still um, mm -hmm. as the data comes in and they're, they're just updating it all yeah um, HV3 is this Harold Yes. That, that was what Longpoint used to see the initial pools, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Jess Finley's here. Hey, Jess. Hey, Jess. Any more questions for Julie? Or oh, I've got some backup questions I can delve into. Your kitty's there. <laughs> you haven't seen any pets not, yet. Not, not currently. I'm surprised. Okay. One was here <laughs> earlier being like, who are you talking to? But I don't know where they got to. <laughs> who are you talking to, mommy? Well, I've got a very hot little chug on my bed. I won't disturb her because she's trying to cool down. Uh, so... For, uh, for the couple of years was, was how long were you working on uh, IGX? Was it like two, three years? Uh, this would have been my third, third and a half year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Almost four. All right, before I go, like, before I go on to Clara's uh, question, so what was, what's your proudest, uh, what was your proudest achievement during that time as an organizer? seeing everyone have a good time mm -hmm. like telling me in person or afterwards just seeing the people posting on facebook how much they love the event and how um pleased they were to see how clean the fighting was just just it's nice to you work so hard and you hope really hard that people have a good time and all of the work you know pays off and everyone is safe and doesn't get injured seriously uh, or at all <laughs> um, nobody died they know he died yeah i think just every every year we got better at at understanding what we wanted the event to be and what we hoped it would do and every year people continue to give us good feedback and it was just it's just really nice to see people having fun and um doing what we all love to do in the same space yeah absolutely okay. like just knowing that you've done a good job and all you want to see is happy faces really at the end of the yeah. day yeah um so Clara says, uh, I love your poster. I have the same one. What's your favorite episode of Firefly? Which one is not my favorite? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think um, out of time, probably. I think. Um, that's what I keep going back to just because it goes into the history of where the characters came from. and, and The backstories. Yeah. Yeah. But all of them are, are amazing. Highly recommend <laughs> Highly recommend. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those things. That, how many episodes was it? Like twelve or something like that. Yeah, like yeah, something like, like not yeah. not enough. <laughs> they needed more. It's like Forty Towers was only twelve episodes, but it's just yeah. become such a, a classic. Yeah. Uh, Shield Maiden says, uh, "Yeah, sorry, we usually use the Swedish expression school as a common name for a certain style of manuscripts." Thank you for your no, answer. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like, yeah, which school of fencing, like there's the Derby yeah. school or the Bolognese school, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that, that kind of thing that yeah. we meant. Excellent episode. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't name it. I think it was 12 years ago since I saw it. So I, I couldn't, I can't remember. I need to watch that all again. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Fawlty Towers. You haven't? No. It, I think it's probably, uh, it's probably not aged well. Uh, <laughs> as are all the good things. Yeah, it's like a seventies comedy uh, with lots of um, xenophobic stereotypes in there. 
um, it's just a it's a complete it's just a farcical comedy where, you know things are just going wrong all over the place so um <laughs> I was just thinking it's kind of funny back to the the question about which school which system and uh, yeah. I started with KDF Longsword but lately my interests are delving to more Italian style uh -huh. things um actually that would be one one weapon if if this counts as a different weapon which I don't think it does but uh studying more Fiori Longsword I think would be kind of interesting to kind of get into and kind of see what it's like on the other side. <laughs> Fiore, like, keeps coming back to haunt me. Yeah. <laughs> this whole series, like, everyone, like, when you say to them, you know, what what do you really, really, what's your, like, what's your favourite system? It's, oh, it's Fiore. <laughs> what do you really want to say? Oh, it's Fiore. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine recently was like, I got you a book. I'm like, what is it? It's Fiore. Fiore. Oh, <laughs> the universe is telling me to study Fiore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we, we we used to do um, r regular cross training with Boston Amazari art, the Fiore school that we have in Boston, and it's just mm. fun to see like how how they do things and how they approach things, and it's it accomplishes kind of the same goal, but it just happens so differently. Like I, I would be interested to mm. approach it from a different works. angle. Yeah. Oh, Robin says, "Oh no, don't tell Boston Amazari. Yes. <laughs> they're gonna she worried they're gonna steal you." Yeah. <laughs> Kimberly's heart just skipped two beats. <laughs> yeah. uh... Oh, this is a good question. I've, mm -hmm. I've asked a couple of people this. Um, what? What? It could be one thing, it could be several things, uh, but what specifically do you feel that you have to train out of your system in order to get better at HEMA? Me personally? One, or it could be you personally, or um, you found as an instructor something you might have found. I think distance management is a big hefty one. Mm -hmm. and a lot of things flow from that because if you're too close or too far it messes everything up, up everything up and I think that's the thing I pick on my students the most is distance because I can see a lot of problems coming from too close too or close. too far it's almost yeah. always too close isn't it yeah it's, all, it's almost always especially lately um it's tricky because people haven't been in front of another person with a sword yeah. in a while so it's getting a little it's it's been interesting to remind people <laughs> start from further away <laughs> um but uh yeah i'd say distance management and um footwork to a lesser degree just having good body mechanics mm -hmm. um, understanding how your body moves and how it should move versus what you may flinch response want it to do um if you have that right structure then everything else should fall into place and if that isn't right um usually other problems can come about, probably. Uh, my, my answer to that one would be, I would say to people, you have to train out the expectation that you have to be good at something straight away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people, that. people, put, <laughs> people put themselves down all the time, and I hate it. I hate seeing people putting themselves down. It's like, come on, you've got to, you've got to get it wrong or you won't yeah. learn. It's the only Absolutely. way to, to do is to mess it up so many times. 
that you start to see right this is why i'm messing up and this, yeah. if i do this differently things will change and then that that's that's how you learn but it's it's expecting to get it exactly right straight out the gate and i get people apologizing all the time like even when they are a beginner before they've even started a class uh, they're kind of very apologetic they're like i've never done this before and i'm like no. of course you've never done this before <laughs> it's a sword fighting class. yeah yeah <laughs> Of I would expect you to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you, you might have done something similar. You might have done like other martial arts or or dance or or fencing, but I wouldn't expect you to turn up and know everything. Otherwise, what's the point in coming here? You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, absolutely. But yeah, I, I, the journey. Yeah, get it wrong. Like yeah. you watch little kids learn, and they're not like, oh, I'm rubbish and everything. They just keep going, you know, until <laughs> yeah. until they can pick it up. Um, I still say that I'm rubbish. Yeah, please don't, don't. I messed that up. Yeah, that you're, hu- you're human. You're learning. Hope no one saw that. Oh, <laughs> everyone did. Oh well. That's a, that's the thing. Like um, when I started teaching, and I was like demonstrating stuff to students, and I go, "You do it like this," and then I get it wrong, and I'll be thinking, oh, "What a bad instructor I am! I can't even demonstrate it right for them. You know, I can't consistently demonstrate." Them. But now I'm like. I'm allowed to get it wrong, and mm-hmm. so are you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can all be wrong together. Yeah. <laughs> if you know you're getting it wrong. Uh, yeah, whenever uh, we go into interpretation work in class, there's I always preface, like, this is our current interpretation. This is how yeah. we're reading this. And yeah, oh, I like that. It's so our current interpretation. Current. You, you can get seen. in, yeah, you can, you can always fall into patterns of this is how it is. Mm yeah it's always been like this is how we've always done it kind of thing yeah we, we've yeah, changed our interpretation yeah we've changed our interpretation of zorn like a hundred times already <laughs> just keep keep refining it changing it fixing it mm. yeah that was two years ago now we're doing it this way you know <laughs> that's great yeah like that uh amen <laughs> distance management via zoom isn't the same <laughs> it's not we were actually um getting into a point where um uh nathan would give a prompt like like a cue on on zoom and have the students do the appropriate cue when they saw it in front of them but it's just it's it it, it worked well for what it was but back in my mind i was just laughing like oh dear <laughs> this is <laughs> it's the best standing we can do it's just yeah you gotta do what you can with what you've got yeah um so outside of HEMA, do you have any other kind of peripheral um, parallel interests? Not current. A, a lot of people do like strength training and oh, yeah. other yeah, martial um, arts and stuff. Yeah, I was into, um, I, I'm not going to the gym currently, but um, I did go to a cross training gym. Um, I did strength training for a little while and then switched to more of a cardio focused hybrid version um, so I've been doing that, um, lately I am actually doing a lot more running or trying right. to, I'm really bad at running, <laughs> so oh we're working on it. Um, I inherited a very old, like 1990s weight system with the, like the individual plates with the screw cap on, um, filled with sand for my parents. So I'm using those in my basement as I can. Um, yeah. A friend of mine's tried to encourage me to do the couch to 5k. Yeah, mm. um, and he was like, "Oh, well, like the first week, I just could, you know, I couldn't run for, for more than five minutes. I was a mess. 
yeah so I, can, I can do it now I can, I can run 5k I was like oh my god he's like you've got to do it <laughs> I've suffered so you must it's, suffer yeah. <laughs> well, I am quite intrigued by it I mean I do admire people who make themselves run even though it's something that doesn't come naturally I know some people just love running and they just get a real like the endorphins and everything and others have to really make themselves do it yeah but they do get there they do end up getting some kind of satisfaction out of it yeah um, I'd rather pick things up and put things down <laughs> than run and, and but... <laughs> yeah I'm up to running a mile and a half without stopping at this point but oh, wow. very slowly <laughs> but getting there and how often do you do that um I try to do it every day um wow. last week it was like once the week before is every other day kind of depends it's just been so hot here yeah and it's just like it's no fun I'm only I'm only taking the, the floofs out when it's very early or when the sun's starting to set, really, because it's just too mm -hmm. warm. Um, okay, got any more questions in here? So, Floop Root says I have the same struggles with running. Yeah. Uh, and Harold says, I only run for Frisbees and rugby. I didn't know they had rugby in America. We do. I don't know much yeah. about it except it looks scary. <laughs> it looks like, very scary. Like <laughs> American football, but without all of the PPE. Yeah, and you pick people up. And, yeah, and, and you chew each other's ears and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you only wear a, a scrum cap, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I've never tried it. I saw like half of a tournament in college was like, that's not for me. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like soccer. Is. I will play soccer or, or American football, I guess, <laughs> soccer uh, with anyone. Oh. So you said your favorite, so yeah, I don't think we established, what is your favorite system? Is it, is it the Lixenauer tradition? Yeah, still. Yeah. yeah. You want to, you want to try Fiore? Do you don't you don't like dagger? Don't like dagger. You uh, you love bastone. I do love bastone. Yeah, I think I I I didn't like dagger just because it it's like when I first started originally trying it out, like it was against people who are you know bigger, taller, hefty. Like oh, this is no fun to walk in and just put yeah. on the ground. Like ah, it wasn't wasn't fun. Um, it's now becoming more fun as we introduce more. Um, you know, systems and, and ways to match people by height and weight and stuff. But uh, mm. um, not not really a, a spot in my heart for Dagger. Sorry. Fair enough. I, I you don't want to spot in your heart for Dagger. There, but... That would be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Robin says, when it's safe to travel again, what new events slash tournaments would you like to attend? I know you like Dagger, Robin. I'm sorry. Like the only one in the Athena who doesn't like Dagger. I'm the only one. And that's okay. <laughs> I'm happy it's there. Um, what new events? Um, I was invited to teach at, um, I'm going to mess up its name, but the, the main event um, uh, hosted by Omar Rodriguez in Mexico. Oh, right. uh, I was looking forward to attending that. Um, so I've never been to Mexico or Hema down there. Um, so uh, I was really looking forward to, uh, Kimberly was going to be hosting um, and I'm also going to say this wrong, an Audacia event uh, that was strictly workshop related. And I was really excited to attend that. Um, that's that, of course, Fiore. Yep. Um, 
I think I was going to teach something about coaching and something, hopefully, I think something about stick. Um, but I think if those two events happen again in the future, I'll definitely be the first to sign up again. You sound cool. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know about, uh, do I know about the thing of Audacia thing? I've, I think I might have heard of it. So she's organizing that, is she? Yeah, yeah. She oh. and um, I think Lisa Lucido was also helping and I, maybe someone else and uh, it was going to be in Toronto and it was going to happen in July. It just It was just unfortunate yeah. mixture of events happened to cancel it which is too bad because it was like it was to be their first time having it so you have mm. all this into anticipation but hopefully next year fingers <laughs> crossed uh we've got about 10 minutes left yeah anyone else got any more questions for julie don't be shy Um, that was something I was going to ask you, like about teaching the beginners. How often do you take people in? Do you do, do you just take people in as they come, or do you have sort of uh, in different intakes throughout the year? Yeah. Um, so we had, so we have an intro class uh, every so often, and then from that, people want to continue. They get put into the beginner class, <laughs> and uh, before the pandemic, we had kind of nailed down a, a decent rollover process from beginner to intermediate. And mm -hmm. um, we had just completed one full cycle of reviews for the beginners and put people into the intermediate level if they're ready to do so. And uh, we were just starting the cycle again with the beginners to get some more intro people in. Um, so we hadn't really gotten that far into planning except I was just gonna keep teaching the beginner class and we have a relatively not set in stone, but a pretty consistent curriculum for the beginners. So I'm just going to start from the beginning and just go through with them again. Uh -huh. um, and then pandemic hits. So we kind of put the kibosh on that. So now we're making a new curriculum because <laughs> now we have a mixture of people in each class. Um, did did you manage to retain anyone from your original intake? Of... Yeah. Um, yeah, we've been very call. lucky. People have been able to uh, maintain their memberships and attend the online class. So we haven't lost many people, which has been really a blessing. Um, and we're starting to very slowly talk about doing intros again. Uh, we need to kind of see where the situation lies with our numbers and stuff for the pandemic. But um, our hope is we can start that up again in the fall and start a, a new normal of intake <laughs> for students. We, we take people in in January and we've literally just sort of got our newbies to like, right, you're ready to take your test now. You're ready to sort of become full members kind of thing. And then COVID hit. And then there's nothing. So obviously there was nothing from March until very recently. And yeah. uh, and I thought, are we going to keep some? Are we going to lose all our babies kind of thing? Yeah. But I thought, you know, people have got far more important stuff to worry about than playing with swords. But actually they were like, I need, I need this distraction. I have to do stuff. And like in that time, like, in that time they've been practicing at home and they've been keeping their hand in and and they they really impressed me actually so we've just been training in the park one one day a week just me nice. and uh like six of them and um i've one by one graded i'm grading them all as i go each week because it's just me normally i would do it with my my uh my partner lizzie but yeah. the, doing it on my own so um it's been it's been really good it's been really kind of heartwarming to see all these people who are like no i i need him i'm i'm not doing it 
you know to please you kind of thing I'm doing it for myself as well yeah yeah and they, they, they can have that like that whole period of of hiatus but they still were all that time keen to come back which is is really good yeah um question here from Harold has wrestling begun to influence your fencing yet not yet <laughs> I think I get the impression wrestling's still a bit new for you. It is very new. Like I'm, I, I like, I, I think the disarms for for long sort are really interesting and and fun, and I can't do any of them successfully <laughs> under pressure yet. But um, I imagine as I get better at understanding grappling and and body mechanics, because I can enter the space and start the grapple, but then beyond that, I'm like I don't know where to go. I don't. I can't see mask arms. Ah. There's swords somewhere, gloves, I don't know. Um, so more I, practice, probably. More practice, kind of panic. Um, someday soon, hopefully. Comox <laughs> <laughs> uh, Valley Combat Guild, aka Chad, how do you delineate beginner to intermediate level students? What's the sort of cutoff? Uh, our current uh, line was basically students who, um, anyone who needs, uh, more strict guidance on the on the basics and the body mechanics and how to use the sword and hold the sword and the intro to understanding this is how we move in human this is how the sword works and and the source material are beginners the intermediates are people who um, have a really firm foundation they might not have all the terminology German terminology yet but as long as they can understand the concepts and how a fight works and are um, more in a place to take ownership of their training um kind of were put into the intermediate pool and it's yes kind of similar to what we do like we kind of expect you to be able to demonstrate a technical knowledge so you, you wouldn't we wouldn't expect you to know all the terminology yeah in terms of like saying oh this is a this is a guardidi tester and this is a, a mandrusa school ember it's more like that being able to demonstrate a play like learning a play over several weeks and another way we would expect you to demonstrate technical knowledge is if I, I tell you the cut, you can do it, uh, which still demonstrates that you know it, but means there isn't the pressure of, oh, my God, I have to learn. It's easier to sort of hear a, hear a, lang hear a term. Ah, hello, Carol. There's one. <laughs> I caught it. <laughs> it's easier to sort of hear something and demonstrate it than it is to be able to, you know, recite everything, which is, yeah. is, is a bit pointless. Yeah. Uh, but the, the main thing, like you say, is, is for us is safe. Like the person has to be safe that they can fence with other people. They, they can j just have the basic principles of fencing and they're not a danger to themselves and they're not a danger to other people. They can hit with control. Uh, they've got, they're not too timid and they're not just going to be, you know, hiding in the corner all the time. Yeah. Um, scared out of their minds. Um, exactly. Chad says, cool, likely pretty similar across the HEMA world. Yeah, probably. I think I so. Mean, yeah. Yeah. We okay. developed a pretty cool um, assessment system at the end where we didn't like have like, you must go into this quiet room and you must, you know, recite the Zettle and, and whatever. <laughs> like, we, we basically ran a series of classes that kind of, went through a very fast highlight reel of here's the entire curriculum, you know, condensed oh, yeah. down into, you know, two or three classes and let's just run through a couple uh, drills and uh, me and my um, HEMA friend partner, uh, training partner, Nathan, would just watch and offer, you know, a couple 
corrections here and there, but largely just took notes on where everyone was at. And then we would um, send follow-up emails to let them know, you know, this is what we noticed that you were doing great. This is where areas we'd like you to focus on for the next cycle. Um, uh, we'd like to invite you to the next portion, or we think you should stay in this level for another cycle just to make sure you firm up on these basics and stuff. So, um, and the feedback we got from the students was that they really liked that kind of give and take conversation style about how the assessment was working. And we only got to do it once. So hoping we get to do it again, because <laughs> it was useful. Yeah, I, I, I say to my guys like, uh, and girls, my people, I say this is a really important, uh, you know, in HEMA, feedback is like gold dust. It doesn't happen very often. So open your ears and listen to me now. But mm -hmm. I think may maybe I'll get into the habit of typing up their uh, their assessment, like just to say, this is this is what we thought. Because mm -hmm. then, the, then they, they're more likely to retain it and it's it's more useful for them than to just try and remember what Fran said that one time at yes. class. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what I say. Yeah, I like, there's one thing because like it's not like if you're if you're training if you're doing weight training you can see your progress because it's like right I can put this one on and I can do ten of these and mm -hmm. uh, or if you're running like wow I can run for another ten minutes and not be out of rest. But with mm -hmm. Emo, it's really hard to see your progress sometimes unless yeah. you've got someone saying to you you're doing well at this and you're doing well at that. You need to work mm -hmm. on this. You need to work on that. I think it is, is really, really valuable. Mm -hmm. um, something I tried as, sort of, sort of, as a sort of pilot scheme a while back, I might reignite it when I uh, when we go back fully, is having a mentorship program so that everyone gets paired up with someone who's been there, ideally like a year longer than them, or maybe two years, but ideally sort of someone who's just finished the program that they've just done, like the training program that they've just done, so then if they've got any questions, uh, rather than bombarding their instructor with stuff, they've got a person that they can spend loads of time with them and just give them feedback and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Chad says, do you do anything like a birthday bear pit for your members, students? We do. We have a minute and a bit left. <laughs> <laughs> we do that as well. Yeah, we have the student, it's, it, it, we give them the choice, like if you'd like to or not, um, and you stand at the end of the room and you have a big pile of weapons and everyone forms a line and they fight you to one hit and you just cycle through as many fights as is your birth year and, um, oh. and score is kept very loosely. <laughs> and um, it's hilarious, it's, it's just fun. We've got like a, a Wheel of Fortune style uh, spinny wheel ah. with, with chalkboard on it chalkboard paint so you can fill in whatever you want on there um but i think we do that at christmas um we have like a random weapons tournament but we could do that for bear pits as well i think you could just uh so you select what weapon you want from the from the from the wheel of, of, of doom yeah wheel of misfortune oh. Oh. Well, <laughs> i guess ijx are now just filling in my brain no we've had all kinds of things like net a uh, big blue pipe uh ah. <laughs> All kinds of We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To show your appreciation, please give us a five-star review on your podcast platform or support our work by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash swordwomen. Go to at swordwomen on Instagram 
to see upcoming interviews or visit buythesword.net to learn about our events or visit our Facebook page, By the Sword. <laughs>